Hey, everybody. I'm Charles. Corey, as always. And this is the Close to the Mark podcast. Follow us on Twitter at CTTM Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at CTTM Podcast and Google if you'd like to interact with us, Close to the Mark Podcast at gmail.com. Also, now find us on the Google Podcast app. As well as every other mainstream place that after that podcasts are available iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Overcast. Um, there's more. If if we're if, yeah, if, I mean that's enough. I if just, you can be on it, we're on it. That's it. Um, so let's talk about the weekend wrestling. We got Raw and SmackDown this week, leading up to June twenty fourth. Um, let's get right into it with Raw. Man, so, except for the biggie. Well, we'll get to that, but we got to start at the beginning because the biggie. Well, we had an exciting opening segment. You talking about Dolph? No, I'm talking about Ronda Rousey. And oh, my bad. I just I'm living in a world that only one thing happened. On Raw. I understand. Talk, I understand. Let's talk about Ronda. When it comes to Dolph, you don't get hyped. I get it, but I've been hyped. Yeah, but the Ronda Rousey segment, I liked it. I thought. It was it was it was what it needed to be. It wasn't must watch television, but I mean it was what it needed to be. It showed me a couple of things that Ronda Rousey can bring to WWE that are sorely lacking in the women's division. Well, period. Because like one of the best moments for me was when Ronda finally started to lose it and go after Alexa. Alexa swung the money in the back. Oh my God! I just realized something. Well, when we're talking about Little Miss Bliss, we're constantly going to be activating this little home assistant oh, device that we have sitting over here in the yeah. corner. Yeah. Should we give her a nickname? Uh, like, can Alexa stop listening sometimes? I mean, when we talk about Miss Money in the Bank. Miss Money in the Bank. Then, uh, um, well, I feel like we owe that to her anyway. She did win. She's Miss Money in the Bank. So, well, she actually, she's the champ, so. Oh, good point. She, yeah, we'll call her the woman's champ. So when Ronda finally was like going after your WWE women's Raw Women's Champion, Alexa took a swing at her. Son, yeah, I died. I did it. That's the my bad. That's on me. Champion. That's on me. But uh, she took a swing at her and Ronda ducked and gave her a punch to the midsection. Re- yeah. And it looked so good. Like, it was just like, that's the kind of thing that you don't see enough in WWE just because they don't think about fighting the way fighting happens. Yeah. But Ronda brings something to fighting. Intensity. Yeah. and But also, like, just if you were a trained fighter, like, if you've been doing this for years and years and years, and somebody takes a swing at you, you're not just going to duck and wait for them to turn around no. and put them in an arm drag. Like, duck, but throw a punch while you're doing it. I bet you that's what's useful to someone like Ronda just to have on the scene is when they're putting a match together. Just be like, what would you actually do? Exactly. Like, they would be like, hey, I'm going to throw this right hand at you. You're going to duck it and wait like 15 seconds. Yeah. And Ronda would be like, uh, why would you wait? Just because she doesn't know I already have the advantage on you. Exactly. She doesn't know any better. So it's like one of those ideas that like her inexperience is probably, assuming they give her any kind of say in putting together a match, but her inexperience is a great thing to have both for her and the person she's in a match with. Her natural instincts will lead to better storytelling. Oh, agreed. 100%. Now it's going to, the trade-off though is going to be some awkward moments. She's not going to be, I mean, you've seen it, even the WrestleMania matches. She, her weakness 
are the spots. Yeah. But, it's, but I don't want to knock it. It's still great. And admittedly, like, so when she swung the Money in the Bank briefcase at the Raw Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. And What's her name? Miss Bliss. All right. I almost got you. Um, <clears throat> when she swung it repeatedly and struck her repeatedly with it. Not all the shots looked like they were great connecting, like how you would try to wallop somebody with a briefcase. Yeah. When she went after Kurt in the corner, same thing. Now, I blame Kurt a little bit for that because Kurt was holding up his left arm in a really weird way. Super weird. Like yeah. absorbing the shots with his arm, but then selling it with his head. Yeah, it was like, so weird. I just I wasn't entirely on board for Kurt's spot. But then the segment got saved because security came out to deal with the Ronda Rousey problem. And Ronda got real mad. Just like Roman did that one time. I mean, she was like, you're going to, you're going to what? You're going to bring seven guys into this ring that are going to stop me. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to go after you first. Then I'm going to go after you second. I'm going to tell you all. She was basically doing a Deadpool. Like Deadpool's like, let me tell you what I'm going to do to that seventh guy. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. at the end of this combo. Yeah. And the seventh guy, he actually saw it coming and rolled out of the ring before it came. Which is awesome. Good for him. Yeah. It would have been a bad scenario. Well, well the other six still got it. And then Ronda Rousey still went back to work uh, in the ring. Yeah, I think they did a good job of like, what? Mm-hmm. They did a good job of her straight up. She lost it. Yeah. And she lost it. And it wasn't and one of those things that like nobody could back. stop her. Exactly. Nobody could stop her. Like, you can't have just a bunch of security come in. And this is Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the baddest woman on the planet. You put security guards, yeah, like, doesn't mean it. they're trained to stand there. She's trained to knock them down. Exactly. She's, her job, their job mm-hmm. is to tell you, no, you can't. Her intention is not talking. Yes. So they have nothing for her. Yeah. You know. And it culminates with not the greatest powerbomb it's ever been. No, but I mean, but it was a power bomb through a table, nonetheless. But here's here's the thing. This is what makes I think this is what makes Ronda Rousey. I'm not saying intriguing because she is intriguing, but like awesome is if your character work is good enough, you forgive a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, because the power bomb, whether it be good or bad, it was good enough that we knew it was a power bomb. Yeah. So it was like, my God, she power bombed him through the table, and we didn't question the quality of it. Just because we're so invested in character in that moment. I think we talked about this maybe last week, weeks ago, that like that's what she really brings is like an investment in the character, intensity, inexperience being an asset, and just like the overall package. I'm in. I'm so in. I, I hear some people tired of Miss Bliss, the women's world champion. Oh, well, I mean, that's kind of to be expected. We, we, you and I have talked about this that when you look at uh, comparing. Her time holding seventy yeah, percent of time the Raw was, Women's Title or SmackDown more than far more than Roman Reigns was yeah. an active champion yeah. since being called up as a percentage of their time on the main roster. Yeah, if you look at it, Roman Reigns push started four years ago. Uh huh. Alexa Bliss is two years ago. Mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss has five championship reigns. So does Roman Reigns. Is it five for Roman? Hmm. I don't know that one. My bad. She doesn't know. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, and so half the time, same amount of championship reigns, total reign, not in, I mean, they're not comparable. Yeah, it's like over a year. Yeah. So, like, when people are complaining about Roman, why aren't they, like, it's the question, I hate to bring this, like, political, but it will, like, make the point, right? 
Now, kudos to everyone that needs help. Some people do, some people don't. But it bothers me when people talk about how much they hate welfare spending on the government. Because if you're concerned with the government spending their money, there's plenty of avenues above that that are far worse examples and far bigger of the exact same problem, wasting government money, just on a huger scale. Oh, far bigger. Yeah, and I feel like in what I'm describing, Roman Reigns is welfare. Alexis Blith is the far bigger one. Yeah. So if you hate him for doing this, what if I told you there's someone that gets pushed way stronger all the time, is booked even crazier, but no one says a word. He is he is he is public radio and public television. She is the defense budget. Yes, exactly. So, so yeah, I mean it's you know, but we're in a good position, you know. Rhonda is suspended for her actions on Monday Night Raw. Gives her time. Won't be back until Extreme Rules or after Extreme Rules. I guess the, the Raw after Extreme Rules when she'll return. Yep. So I don't. I mean, it, it's, we will have Ronda Rousey back in the ring, ready to get back in that Raw Women's Championship picture in time for Summer. let's say SummerSlam. She wins. SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. So SummerSlam. Yeah. I mean, it's a cheese man. It's. I don't like the storyline of when they just get in trouble, but as long as she did something to deserve it, I mean, you don't got to be, but you know, two weeks watch wrestling to know what's actually going on with her. Yeah, but it's it's still I time. Like to, it's time. To, it's time to practice. Time to practice for the SummerSlam match. Yeah, I think they might book themselves into a corner, same way they did Nia Jax, to the point that she's like too dominant. I think at a certain point, though, like I think as good as we're seeing Ronda Rousey be in the ring. I think at a certain point, like what we're going to realize is that she's putting all these tools together and to tell a WWE story. I mean, one of the one of the things WWE fans love to point out the most is that WWE tells storytelling with a pretty simple toolbox. Like the most we don't require paint. We don't require that many elements. We we, um, you know, we will incorporate let's say somewhere around five consistent highlight trademark moves. Yeah. Once we got those down pat, we'll run with those every single match. You'll never be required to, to see the video that says last week on Raw. Yeah. You know, you'll never yeah. be required to see that to enjoy it. But I mean, it, it's still fun. So, um, yeah, we're, we're in good shape. And, uh, and we have, you know, uh, Miss Bliss back as, as champion. We've got Nia Jax with a, a valid argument as to why, you know, she can she can uh, be back in position for a rematch. Um, we don't know what the relationship is between Bliss and Mickey James, potentially still an alliance there. Point, yeah. So if we have an extreme rules match, you know, extreme rules means no rules, no disqualification. And it also means that, you know, if, if there's some outside interference, you know, then. Quick question. So you cannot get a dirty finish in extreme rules. Um, I mean, I would say like if I'd say you can't are as a baby face, you'd never be able to have an argument that you you were cheated in extreme rules. What because if they got you, you knew, by the tights? You knew what you were getting yourself into. Though. What if they got you by the tights? Well, so that's the only interesting point to that would be in an extreme rules match. If you put me in a submission and I get the ropes. If you hold on to the submission. You can't be disqualified. But the ref will tell me to stop. But, well, no, he won't because you can't be disqualified. Like, you can hang on to the submission for as long as you want. 
But if I tap out, does it count if I made it to the ropes? Oh, that's deep. So if you're holding the ropes and then you tap out, does it does it count? Right. I mean, I think the match is over. I mean, I think it's a clean. It's a technically clean it wasn't under, technically it wasn't a valid submission hold though. But it was because this was the rules that you agreed to. Yeah, well, that's what, and that's what I'm saying. Is like, also, if, if I had the, if you're so the the rule breaking is always in place. So that the babyface has a valid reason why they lost. Like, that's the point is that, you know, you know, getting the tights pulled or feet on the ropes, like, like, like the mighty have been doing in NXT the past few weeks, feet on the ropes, help outside from the partner. Mm. They beat heavy machinery with the feet on the ropes. <laughs> How's that machinery doing nowadays? <clears throat> anyway, so. That's how I feel. But the mighty are winning matches that way. And that's a reason for heavy machinery to say, yeah, but we would have come, we would have come back. We would have won that match if it wasn't for the feet on the ropes. Like that's their excuse in a, in a way that, you know, isn't just about making excuses. But I do feel valid. It's a reason. I I do feel though that like at the extreme rules, like if you're babyface, you know what you're getting into. Like you sign up for a match with no rules you know, I'm not saying you have to break rules, but I'm saying you have to know the rules are going to be broken. Well, let me ask you this question, then. You remember when uh, John Cena was going as Bray Wyatt and, like, John Cena grabbed the chair and Bray was like, do it, John, do it. And he didn't do it because he's just such a good guy. Mm-hmm. At Extreme Rules, wouldn't John have done it? Hmm. Like, do, do the, hmm. does the rule book override your principles as far as the character goes? Because if that's the case, I don't remember a John Cena match, many true rules, and hit someone in the chair. I don't remember myself. But, like, if your principles are stronger than the stipulation. Yeah, I think it's more, I think in this case, it's more about, like, am I that guy that will bash a defenseless man in the head with the chair? Like, I think in an extreme rules match, if the other guy has a chair and John Cena has a chair, John Cena wouldn't mind hitting a guy with the chair. But I think, like, when the guy's on his knees and you have a chair and he has nothing. You know, blow his head off. Hitting him with a chair's, yeah, it's kind of. That's like Joker Batman type thing. Yeah. And Bray Wyatt was trying to make him cross the line. But he is willing to cross the line if it's an an Extreme Rules match or no? Well, he's willing. Cena has shown that he is willing to bend the rules, certainly, in matches in the past. Fair enough, fair enough. I was just always wondering that if the, if the if the principle overrides the stipulation. Well, let's talk about rule break. Because at Money in the Bank, we had Elias try to beat Seth Rollins by rolling him up with the tights. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins then grabbed Elias's belt and pulled him over. Don't call it a hold on, Charles. Did, now we're arguing for real. He did though. grab his belt. You cannot call it. The what you you called it the, the 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 tights the waistbands but but then when you were talking about Seth now all of a sudden you want to call it the belt he grabbed the tights the waistband the waistband okay so yeah. Elias went for a dirty pin grabbing the waistband right and then Seth Rollins grabbed did what? the exact same thing what did he grab the tights the waistband the waistband continue yes and Seth rolled up uh, Elias held the tights pulled the tights waistband. Got the win. Clean. Not clean. Clean, man. Not, that's clean. That's not a clean win. No, you're allowed to use these guys' bodies. Like, people have, when when Gargano brought his knee brace, 
He used that, it. That was not it thirty. It was unsanctioned. Yeah, that was not. That was not Girls a, pull hair. outside of the rules. Girls pull hair. Yeah, and they and they, and again against the rules. Like there are lots of rule infractions. Like it's like look, it's like in in a game of football. Okay, mm-hmm. if the Atlanta Falcons Rise are up. are rushing the quarterback, and to I call time on real quick. Shout out to my, my man Dave Screenus. Rise up. Congratulations. Okay. So now if they're rushing the quarterback, um, you know, if they hit him in the pocket mm-hmm. and, you know, it's like rushing the quarterback, yeah. that's a ruling fraction. Now, it doesn't cost you the game. There's a penalty. Okay. All right. Now, in, in wrestling, there are lots of ruling fractions as well. But there's no... There's no point system and there's no like there's no position in which the referee says like, all right, now you have to wrestle the rest of the match with your arm behind your back. So there's no infraction for the referee to call like, oh, so that's a that's a 10 yard penalty. against so Seth our system? No, but what it is, is there are rule infractions that will result in the referee warning you stop what you're doing or you if you continue, you will be disqualified. And these so are things that these are things that maybe like maybe multiple infractions will result in disqualification. Like pulling tights is on this list. No, see, pulling tights is an uh, a, a pin invalidator. Um, like so, poking you in the eye. Like if I poke you in the eye in a wrestling match, I'm probably not getting disqualified just for poking you in the eye one time. I'll say I was I was my just I was reaching for him and yeah, he's, he pushed his eyes into my fingers. There's a valid. Excuse. See, this, this. But I'm not, I'm probably not going to get disqualified for doing it once. Okay. All right. But now, if the referee warns me and I wait until I get you into the other turnbuckle and I poke you in the eye again, I might get DQ'd. I might get DQ'd. Now, if I, if I, if I poke you in the eye a third time in a match, like, I think no bones about it, I'm getting disqualified. Like, multiple infractions, I'm going to get DQ'd. I understand. Same things go for, like, hair pulling and choking and stuff like that. You know, you'll get, you'll get a count. The referee will say, like, we'll give you a five count. If you haven't cut out what you're doing by five, I'm DQing you. Okay. And if I just, if I, if I just, like, I'm, if I look at the referee and be like, fine, I'm just going to choke him for four, break my count, and go right back to choking him. I can still get disqualified for multiple infractions. You can. I can. Absolutely. Is there any time that's happened? For sure. Undertaker used to get DQ'd for just going to a corner choke for a guy. And then referee would be like, one, two, three, four, break, break the choke. But then the dude's standing there in the corner gasping for air. Taker just pulls back his hand and goes, Goozle him one more time. Would he hit him with a heart punch after? <laughs> no, no. <it's laughs> okay, past the days of heart right. punch. Gotcha. But uh, but you can get disqualified for multiple infractions that give you an advantage in the match. But, but there is are, the waistband in the group that can ever get disqualified for? I'm gonna say it's very unlikely to. I'm gonna so, say, but I see. I see. I would say like, I would say like, I guess you could say if there's never a repercussion, is there actually a rule? Well, for sure there is, because if there were no rule, there'd be no reason why a referee would ever kick Ric Flair's hands off the middle rope. But the reason that when Ric Flair... I've never seen someone get in trouble for using the waistband. But A ref never got... Exactly. A ref never said anything about it. it, it you, we, we, listeners, 
find us a clear example of a referee noticing someone pulling the tights and not counting the pin as a result. And it's on my pocket. If you find it, I'll buy you a month of WWE Network myself for you for giving us proof. I ask that Charles be a reasonable person. And when no one can find it, I just want a dollar bill. Okay. That's it. So that's fair. So so essentially for our listeners out there, this is a free month. Well, it's not free because it doesn't exist. Of the WWE Network. And all that you have to do is a little bit of digging for an example of the referee seeing a roll up with the tights and saying one, two. Oh, hey, wait, hang on. You got the tights. Doesn't count. That doesn't happen. Has not happened. See, I think it's exactly the same as the feet on the ropes where the referee says, it's one, because two, wait, hang on, your feet are on the ropes. Exactly, because if you touch the ropes, it doesn't count. That's submission. That's everything. It's it a leveraged pin. I know, it, but it's a leveraged pin using an illegal item. A waistband's not an illegal item. Well, I mean. That's the difference. I used to see, you know, guys like Razor Ramon put somebody in the, um, uh, abdominal stretch and use the top rope to give themselves additional leverage. Now, again, it's not something that's going to get you disqualified necessarily for doing it, but it is going to break the hold. And that's the rule is like, if you're doing something that gives you an illegal advantage, it breaks the hold. And I think that's how it breaks the pin. Where's your way for see? Right. Right. We're going to have to just somebody, move. somebody with a, a good memory that can think immediately of a, a situation where that's happened, uh, bring it in. However, we need to talk about how that played out into Monday Night Raw because Seth Rollins, who we know has been plagued by injuries to that knee, has decided, regardless of the fact that he was just in a match which re-injured the knee at Money in the Bank, re-re-re-re-re-re-re-injured, that he was going to re-issue the Seth Rollins Open Challenge for the Intercontinental title. May I ask you who answered the challenge? Who did answer the challenge? Actually, two men answered the challenge. May I have permission to get crazy hyped up? Yeah. Let's go! Because... My man, Big Dolph, finally! How long has it been? It's been a while. Since he relinquished the U.S. There's been a drought. Now, let me ask you this. How many people, Dolph, if you're listening, just show your boy love. How many people... No matter how much he got dogged, no matter how dumb what he was doing was, no matter how horrible whatever he was was involved in, how many people, other than the Close to the Mark podcast, said, it doesn't matter, let's go Dolph. He's still that good. Very few people did it. Yeah. We did it. We stayed. Let's go. Yes. We stayed on board and boy, did we get a payoff. Let's go. We had an awesome match between Dolph Ziggler. At least seven stars. At least. At at the very least. And in Tokyo Dome. I'm going to say title changed hands, seven and three quarter stars. Let's round up to eight. Let's round up to eight. Let's go, man. Great match. I mean, great Monday. Anytime you get a Monday Night Raw match that goes between commercial breaks, like, that's a good match, almost always. And when you have Mr. I-don't-work-for-less-than-four-star Seth Rollins in there with... Outclassed. In there with possibly the best worker in WWE right now. The boy! Let's go, man. I'm trying to tell him. Hell of a show. Hell of a show. I'm trying to tell him. And story is that Rollins is working... 
exhausted, injured, banged up, whatever you want to say. Don't water this down. Seth Rollins was at 100%. He got into a fair, equal match with an mm. with a equal superior opponent, athlete. With a superior athlete, but yes. equal opponent. Mm-hmm. And they duped it out in the classic. And they decided that let's have a good, clean match. But only one of us can be better than the other. And Tell we, what happened. Well, I, so I do think it's important to mention the ending. Because once again, we did have a little spot where Seth... Uh, when Drew McIntyre got up onto the apron, attempting, it seems, but not actually interfering on behalf of Dolph So didn't actually do anything. Nothing, no dirty finish there. So nothing actually happened. Nope. Continue. Uh, Seth pushed Rollins towards McIntyre. Seth or, I mean, sorry, Rollins. Seth pushed Dolph towards McIntyre. Get your boy. Well, I want you to run into him. And then, so Dolph avoided the collision, but Seth still got the roll up with the tights. So he didn't push him. You know, that's a, a standard roll-up. Push him into the ring, to the ropes, mm-hmm. on the rebound. Get, grab him, roll him up by the waistband. He probably didn't even know Drew McIntyre. He's not the biggest dude. Well, so. <laughs> I mean, he's. I mean, you're looking at the star Dolph Ziggler. He shines too bright. You couldn't see anything behind him. He's yeah. So um, Dolph's hair was like 11 out of 10. I am the color of peanut butter. And I have black brown eyes. I would take mm-hmm. Dolph's hair as it was yesterday, and think I was the baddest, coolest dude around. Yeah, like when it's I like ramen noodles. When I think of myself like wanting the beach bod and the surfer look, like I, you know, if if you could pay to have that look, I I would put my money down. See, that's why Dolph Ziggler's a man. If you wanted the <coughs> the beach bod surfer <coughs> look. Dolph's the guy you need to go to. If you want to be the Intercontinental Championship in the World Wrestling Entertainment world, Dolph's the guy you need to go to. Tell me when you don't need Dolph. What? Tell me when you don't need him. When you don't need Dolph. No matter what life you're trying to lead, Dolph is there to guide the way. Let me teach you a quick lesson real quick. You know what we learned? Sometimes your job not the best, and sometimes they tell you to do dumb stuff. And sometimes you cannot figure out for the life of you why they got you doing this. I got but what it. happens when you persevere? You end up on top. Let's go, Dolph. Okay, so I'm going to say, I'm just going to throw it out there. I think if you need somebody just to be a body in a battle royal match and be in and out in two seconds, that's when you don't need Dolph Ziggler. Well, let's hold on one sec, though. In theory, you're right. But Dolph is the Chuck Norris of wrestling. Things happen this way because Dolph allowed it to. There's a deeper play. Yeah. Like well, when Dr. Strange let himself get killed in Infinity War. I'm assuming there's a deeper plan. Yeah. If Dolph lost in two minutes, it's because of a deeper plan. Yeah. If he re- would you say the Aaron Continental title is above the U.S. or below? I would say above. So when he got rid of the U.S. one. He so was moving up to bigger and better things. Let's keep going. But uh, Dolph did get the roll-up win with a handful of tights. Now. Clean. Now I understand why Corey is so committed to this. That's a clean pin. But we're going to say, like, there's a little controversy There's there. no controversy, Charles. If somebody wins that month of WWE Network, there is some controversy. If somebody wins that, there is some controversy. And I'll pay you three months not to talk about it again. How you doing? Okay. Okay. <laughs> they bet. So we're going to, if I find something in the Twitter DM that is like, yo, just delete that tweet. 
He's three months from WWE. Yeah, I'm going to know what's up. Listen, if you got something for me, you trying to talk about three months, you know the key. Just send me a, just a DM. How you doing? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. All right. So anyway, fantastic news. Dolph Ziggler, your new Intercontinental Champion. The new Intercontinental Champion. Yep. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. In a year and a half, you guys are going to be like, wow, when's Dolph Ziggler's reign going to end? Long may he reign. I'm saying it's not. Yeah. Um, Bobby Roode. Let's go, Dolph. Sorry. We can move on. <laughs> Bobby Roode beat Kurt Hawkins uh, 41 seconds. Nice. Yeah. So Kurt's getting a little better. <laughs> he is showing improvement. Yeah. He just has a long ways to go. Well, let's let's put it this way. Since we started talking about Bobby Roode taking on Kurt Hawkins in a match on Monday Night Raw, most of the match time has already elapsed. Wow. When you put it like that, it actually seems like a humongous L. Yeah. Like, these guys just can't be the same level competitors. No. If I'm Kurt Hawkins, I'm not sure if you could pay me enough to take pride hits like that. Did he get that L? Did he get the W on that all? The who interfered? Uh, James Harden. Not uh, the basketball player. No. Uh, Kurt Hawkins is like 204 losses in oh, a row now. Remember they gave him that jobber to, to, to fight against? Oh, yeah. He years? lost. I mean, like, oh, man. Like, I don't know, man. Like... That's not good. Yeah. Also not good. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt beat Heath Slater and Rhino. Mm-hmm. Non-title match. Three and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I can, you, I don't understand. You know it's bad. Bludgeon Brothers are on SmackDown. Yep. There was only one pre-show match. Mm-hmm. They were it. You couldn't find three and a half minutes to give the Raw Tag Team Champions a spot? No. That's how trash they are. Yes. Yo, because they're eight. But also, as trash as the champions are, their competition is such that they win in, like, about an entrance and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Raw... See, I don't know if Vince takes this kind of stuff into account. Rhino and Heath were the inaugurals to SmackDown Tag Team Champions, weren't they? Yes. Which means they are good enough to be... Champions, so but of SmackDown among some competition. Yeah, yes. so SmackDown. The, the, so now you come to Raw. You're B champions. Yeah, but you come to Raw now, yeah. which means real competition. You have, you got the whole plate. Everyone there is compete against. You compete against them in some form. Yes. So as you long as everyone's equal, you're there. All the all your top teams like Heath Slater and Rhino. Um, I think the Ascension. Yeah, the Ascension are in there. Braun and Nicholas. Um, yeah. Um, the Usos are on SmackDown. Yeah. The Bars on SmackDown. Yep. Um, uh, wow. Good Brothers are on SmackDown. Yeah, the Good Brothers on SmackDown. Wow, the Raw Tag Team is oh, so Oh, I trash. forgot about, uh, the Revival. Oh, who yeah. need a Revival. Yeah, there's a reason I forgot. Didn't they go back to NXT? No, no, but I was saying there's a reason I forgot about. Well, no, I think they went back to NXT. Nope, nope, they're on Raw. Oh. Yeah. Just... Yo, man, that's not good. They, they failed there. They dropped the ball. Again, not since the age of Billy and Chuck have we had a tag team division. Or what about Jamal? Packed. Jamal and who? Rosie and Jamal. Rosie and Jamal. Three minute warning. <laughs> Word life. <laughs> but, uh, so, so we have the shout out to two skinny J's. So we got the trash tag team division raw. Yeah. That's just absolutely embarrassing at this point. We have a real shot there at least. Once we get DX or WrestleMania, we have a real shot. 
I mean, I think once we beat DX at WrestleMania, oh, everyone knows that's true. That's true. Like, yeah, but I mean, I mean, DX can beat Hardy and Wyatt. Yeah, in thirty seconds. Sure, and, and we beat, we beat DX. And DX is real good. Absolutely, DX is super good. Generation X, Hall of Fame tag team. Yeah, I just feel like there's not many people better than them. I feel like they should really make that match for the tag team championships. Oh, they're too far below us to compete for. I don't care who are the tag team champions going into the match. Oh no, we. I feel like they should give us the titles. Well, exactly. This is the way I look at it. All right, anyone you guys played a video game before? Right, we've had this talk. When you turn on the game, you don't immediately fight Sephiroth. You got to fight the, the, the Midland soldier. Mm-hmm. Okay? But if you have any kind of sense, you can call yourself a reasonable person. And I tell you that Sephiroth exists. And he's level 90. And you're level 2. And I stop you and you can't play the game anymore. And you say, who's the baddest dude in the game? And you're going to ask me, well, do I have time to get stronger? I'm going to say, no, you're done. They're going to say, who's the baddest dude in the game? They're going to say, well, Sephiroth, of course. Then I'm going to ask you... When someone has a championship belt, what is it supposed to signify? That they're the baddest dude in the game? They're going to say, yeah. I'm going to say, so please explain to me how I cannot give you guys enough time. There's not enough time for you to catch up to where I'm at. So how can you say anyone else is the baddest dude in the game? It's us. So why don't you give me those? Why don't you guys fight your Midland soldiers? And if you feel like you want these, this work, well, come ask for it. Yeah, you know, because I mean, no, I'll defend the belts all day long. Put put the belts on me, and then put me up there. Show me the respect. The ascension. Bring me the ascension. Anything. Bring them to me. Are you not entertained? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind to swing my sword Mm -hmm. one time and then hitting, showing them the game over screen. They've been doing it themselves. Yeah, almost one more for them. Speaking of uh, quick endings and quick matches, Jinder Mahal versus Chad Gable. Don't tell me no one's not listening to us. How in the world they give me the best I think worst Vince, moment of my life? I think Vince just like, I don't know, does like Vince I, is sort of like a like I'm gonna put you up here and then I'm gonna bring you down here. Emotional vocal. Yeah, he's just like, so if I'm gonna give I know what it is. I know what it is. He's he he's looking out for you. Cause because you're at home watching Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler wins the Intercontinental Championship. I'm losing my mind. Absolutely. Now, the very next thing that happens is Jinder Mahal versus Chad Gable, and the match is short, and it's not that much, and Jinder wins. But now you're not putting uh, a hole in your living room wall the size of your head because you're too hyped, and now your wife's mad. Now you got a hole you got to fix. You got to get a plaster out there. So Vince won't let me float that high. Well, he's just like – He's just like, if I give him, let's say this. Let's say I gave Corey. Thank goodness we are not an explicit show. Dolph wins the Intercontinental Championship. The very next segment, Jason Jordan returns to Monday Night Raw, brings out his new tag team partner, Nicholas. Okay. And the team of Jinder Mahal and Chad Gable murder them in the ring in a 14-minute classic. At that point... Like, your TV's coming off the wall. I'm done. I think what he's actually doing is he knows at that point, I'll acknowledge you cannot get higher than this. You'll never Turn watch it Monday off. Night Raw again. Turn off. He just lost a viewer. As far as I'm concerned, I've that made was, it to the mountain. Yeah. I cannot do better. Exactly. So, like, he's giving you a reason to tune back in next week. 
So he's giving me some of it. He won't give me all. And and the announcement that there's going to be a rematch, Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental title next week on Monday Night Raw. You know what that means? It means Dolph Ziggler in some nine-day champion. In some, like, nefarious way, Seth Rollins could steal the Intercontinental Championship back. I've never been less concerned with someone ever that I actually forgot that something could happen other than Dolph winning. Yeah. I forgot that a world exists that he couldn't win. But I'm pretty sure that's just reality. Okay. It's not insane. Back to the garbage. Um, <laughs> the Riot Squad versus... Tasha and Bailey. Yeah. I'm so done. I'm Con- so done. Well, congratulations, because you know who's not done? Sasha and Bailey. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> this is the feud that never ends. It just goes on and on, my friends. Some people started fighting each other. Even long, long time ago. And they'll continue fighting each other forever just because. This is the feud that never ends. But this song does. Yes. This song needs, this song ended oh sooner than God. that. This feud, that feud needed to end it sooner than that. This song did. And like, who, so do you think at this point that like literally Vince McMahon just goes every Monday and he goes to the ATM and he withdraws the amount of money that he makes for Monday Night Raw in 20s and he just spends the entire show counting them out and he's just like 20, 40, 60, 80, 100 dollars. Now, he can't actually count money as fast as he's making it, $20 at a time. But he still can, he'd be there all week. He's just counting out the money. And he says, I got, I think what I want to do is I'm going to have Bailey and Sasha again. And here's my direction I want you guys to go out and argue out in the ring. And then I want you to do a backstage segment and fight. And then I want you to chase her out to the car and you guys figure it out. Does he have dementia? Probably. Does he forget this happens? But apparently, like, they actually were told, we're not telling you guys what to do or say. We want you to just do getting in an argument backstage and getting to an argument with one of you leaving in a car. Because both of those were the exact opposite of how human beings would do those things. Exactly. That's the real issue. We were just talking about how Ronda Rousey does so good of what if it was if it wasn't scripted. Yeah. Like what how it would actually play out if it was real. This is the opposite. This is like people don't act like this. To please overthink everything you're about to do. And then and then fix it next week by assuming you overthought it and then try to go the other direction. Yeah, and we'll don't worry. All of this is gonna be backed up and you guys are gonna be almost best friends again in a month. Yeah. Death, taxes, Sasha, Sasha Bailey. Bailey feud. Good Lord. I can't even believe it. And to think this guy, this is what blows my mind, guys. You got to dig deep. This turns into a motivational speech. Vince McMahon is worth $2 billion. Mm-hmm. Charles just said it. he cannot count his money as fast as he makes it. And his idea is to have Sasha and Bailey pretend to, to really pretend to really fight every other week. For the last year and a half. And he has $2 billion. Yeah. Whatever your idea is, you probably think it's not that good. But that's a $2 billion that's idea. That's a $4 billion idea. That's a $4 idea. billion idea. Just run with yours. Yeah. Just run with it, guys. Go get it. 
Roman Reigns teamed with Bobby Lashley to defeat the Revival. Yay. I, I could have remembered that the Revival were actually a tag team on Raw um, if I'd looked a little bit more into that. They, were, they set up a little bit of tension with um, Lashley tagging himself in to steal the glory. But I'm going to say this. So we talked about, like you and I talked about, how Charlotte doesn't look that great with a spear. Yeah. Certain people, like some people, Goldberg speared his way through people is what you said. Yes. And Edge, like, Edge sort of like kind of almost lifts people up while he's trying to spear them. I feel like Edge, when, when you see Edge speared someone, I promise you you can take a screenshot at one point that it looks like he got the worst news of his life. And he's on his knees with his hands around their waist crying, saying like, no, anything but this. I promise you every time he spears them, you could freeze the screen and it will look just like that. So the one, for sure, the one he hit on Jeff Hardy off the ladder being the exception. But yeah, I'm with you. Well, even that one looked pretty trash. It's just the situation was cool. But the spear itself was more like jump him, jump on him. Jump catch. And grab him. Yeah, it was a grab. And then you just fall together. It was a grab and fall together. (laughs) Yeah. So... Lashley's spear was so perfect at the end of that match. Like, it looked like Like if if I were Dawson or Wilder or whichever, I would put in my vacation request, and then I would put in... My two weeks notice when I got back from vacation, yeah, and I would I see never you now to get your vacation money. Yes, so, respect. I would never ever want to be involved in a match again. Um, and considering the Roman Reigns also uses the spear, the idea being here that they were setting up like it's and the battle of the spears. You think they're going to spear each other? That'd be a cool spot, but I think it ends with injury. I think it ends with Bobby Lashley's head going through all of the solid bones in Roman's reign's body. But you got to remember the protective vest. I don't care about the vest. Can I we don't talk about the vest in K-Fabe real quick? Sure. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's, uh, it's, it's, I, I know it's one of the reasons why like people have a problem with Roman Reigns as babyface. His vest is a metaphor of Vince... So protected. <laughs> so protected. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're literally saying that if I'm in a match with Bobby Lashley, my spear versus his spear, if he hits me with his spear and I kick out, and I hit him with my spear and he kicks out, then he's still better than me exactly. because if he put my vest on, he wouldn't even have gone down. Exactly. Like, and in, in, in they pitched it as a bulletproof vest when it when yes. first came here. Yeah. Like, ballistic armor. Yeah. That stops big bullets. Yeah. It stops military-grade bullets. Mm-hmm. And there's no spear that beats a military-grade bullet. Right. So, realistically, like, when you take a spear, it, you it, you just feel, you just get pushed back. Yeah. But and it's also, like, I mean, it's, as, extending the metaphor here, it's also, like... I mean, think about it. It's like a safety device. And it's like, you might as well have Roman Reigns ride a a bicycle with training wheels down to the ring for how impressive it makes him look compared to somebody who gets in there 
with no protection, no armor, and just says, hit me. I can take it. Exactly. Roman Reigns can't take it. He cannot take it. And it looks the same, too. As a, so he, how many times have you seen this spot in the movie? Right? Someone gets shot. They fall down. Oh, no. Just to find out they were saved by the vest the whole time. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, because of the vest, I'll never let you go. And no matter how many times the fans hate him, he's just sitting there protected by Vince. Can't blame him. But my God, man. I'm so tired of that thing. That thing's but mm. he looks weird though. I saw a picture from NXT with like like regular look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's doing that either though. So I don't know what to go. Baron Corbinish. No, no, I mean like no shirt and tights. Yeah, well that's Oh yeah, I guess with the with the with with his little stomach pull thing with yeah. his smiley face. Uh-huh. That thing's weird. Yeah. That thing needs a name. Remember when uh R Truth had his like fake friend? Well, I th- little Jimmy. Little Jimmy, yeah, yeah. I feel like I always think Lil like Jimmy for Baron Corbin. Do you, do you ever watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, people tell me I look like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But you remember the the brain? Yeah, 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 like uh, like Quato from Total Recall. Yeah, but the brain was like in the stomach yeah. of Krang. Yeah, and like so you had That's this big, is, huge yeah. dude, this giant body, Baron Corbin, and right here in his stomach is like a little face talking to you. That would be cool if he like drew on it every week and it, like like no was if it was a brain. It would that's um, so weird. <laughs> but, uh, so Mojo Raleigh oh, debuted a new attitude. No, but he's debuted before. People yeah. are forgetting. Well, he got serious before. Yeah. Then he forgot he was getting serious. This is this is like this with is Zach the hype bros. When he I broke think, up with Zach Ryder. Yeah. I think Vince must have thought like you were really, really, really into Bobby Lashley hitting that spear and he wanted to bring you back down. He did it. Because the like the worst punishment, guys, I'm gonna tell you, like when I first met Corey, mm-hmm. the first time I ever met Corey, this was the guy who would go around saying, I don't get hyped, I stay hyped. That, that, I mean, first impressions are important. I feel like if you know that about me, well, then we're off and running. Yeah. But this dude was on Bored with hype. I thought he was the future champion. And then we got an armbar victory. Now Mojo is like, not hyped. Hype is done. Hype is done. Focused. He said, I internalized the hype. So it's boiling inside me like a nuclear reactor. Mm -hmm. But I'm so tough that you don't see it outside. Now I'm focused. Yeah. But hey. Shout out to Mojo gave us that like on Twitter. Appreciate it. My man Mojo. Appreciate that, man. Find us. Um, I'm hyped about that tweet. Yeah. Um, well, time and time I beat No Way Jose. Yes, and we he have did. confirmed dancing gimmicks have a hard cap of losing in the mid card. If uh, you dance, you lose in the mid card. Yeah. No Way Jose was called up from NXT, given Adam Rose's gimmick. Same thing, too. And given Adam Rose's ceiling. It's for- supposed to be Adam Rose 2.0 because. The missing ingredient for Man of Rose's dancing gimmick was the black guy dancing. So, so I think No Way Jose was what what Vince actually saw when he envisioned Adam Rose. The one thing I think is that like Braun Strowman actually debuted yeah. as part of the Rosebuds. Well, Braun Strowman's got to be cool, dude. But like he was in there because they were just like, let's find the wackiest, freakiest looking people we can find and put them in the Rosebuds. And somebody was like, well, what about this dude? And then they brought that dude in. And Vince was like, hold on a minute. 
Oh, who is that? Yeah, who is that? Adam, get off the way. Yeah. Matter of fact, you're fired. Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I want to live in a world. Hold on. Was that actually like pre-WWE Braun? Yes. Or was that like NXT trainee homegrown Braun? I think. Because it's like Alexa Bliss. I mean, Charlotte was one of uh Triple H's. Yeah. yeah. But she was I, actually like I don't trainee. know. So I'm, I don't know if he was actually under contract of any kind at that time or if that was his literal, he appeared. And then you know how sometimes like you can go back and say like you can find a Kenny Omega match in WWE from like 2006. Yeah, exactly. But Kenny Omega wasn't under WWE contract. Yeah. He just had a match. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that's the James Ellsworth story then. Yes. Because that's James Ellsworth. It is. James Ellsworth got his weird shot. Uh-huh. Boy ran with it. And and they were made like, it work. Vince, that's so weird too to think that like you saw Braun Strowman and you know like anybody in the world could have predicted Vince McMahon puts eyes on Braun Strowman and says, yeah. Who is that? Yeah, that gif of him like reacting to the same Oh, the thing. reaction oh, yeah, thing? Yeah, like except his me. face went straight to the end. Immediately. It was just like, oh uh, I'm there. Yeah. yeah. Give me him. Yes. How much money? But then the flip side of this discussion is that there was a moment where Vince McMahon saw James Ellsworth and said, who is that? No, he must have been like, who's that? James, you're hired. <laughs> and James, you know, but to be fair, though, the James, a James Ellsworth escaping the chin lock from AJ Styles. Such a good spot. Top 10 spot. Or like sweet was. chin music just doesn't work on him. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Yeah, they really ran with that one. I like them. So we had a backstage segment where Finn Balor is now like Braun Strowman, who's like now terrifying everybody by just randomly appearing behind them, which is actually kind of like it's the one side of the monster in the bank setup I like is that they're telling the story. They're like now this dude who's like what, like 200 cubic feet. Yeah, humongous dude. Can just like pop up out of nowhere behind people. Well, he had a little bit of the Wyatt family juice left in him. Yeah, so so Braun Strowman is now like doing this, can suddenly just appear, which is good for a guy who's got the money in the bank. It's like the Bludgeon Brothers, man. Yeah. Just always lumping. But, but, uh, but uh, he pops up behind Finn Balor, who if I were Finn Balor, considering my recent, recent match history with Braun, I wouldn't be thrilled with that. But apparently Braun now thinks that he and Finn Balor are best friends. I don't know why. I think it's going to be the monster and the demon. I mean, that it could be, although I still think at some point we need to answer the question of whether the demon can beat the monster. No. I don't th- I mean. I think. Have you seen the monster? Yeah. He's well, just too damn big. Yeah. I just want to the know. Other, just a guy in paint. Could you, could you actually book, because that's when you need storytelling, I guess. Could mm. you book a match between Finn and Braun? With no nonsense at all, no shenanigans, that was actually a good match that came across as competitive. I don't care who wins. Is it possible? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it is not absolutely. possible. Yeah, I feel like at that. all. I feel like I could do that. How? Well, so for starters, the one, like, as much as Braun Strowman is known for his freakish speed, so given his, his nipple when it falls given, <laughs> freakish nipple, <laughs> making an appearance. Yeah. But given his size, he is known for how freaky fast he is. Yes. And strong. Yes. But the one thing that he is not is nimble. He's not like, he's not the type of guy 
that can lightning quick dive under the bottom rope to the top rope, like inside, outside the ring. Yeah. He's not able, like he's not, he doesn't have the. Remember the story they told with it when he, when Brock Lesnar crawled under his legs, like shot underneath his legs real quick and like that's the difference between Brock and Braun. Right. Brock is Braun, but he's nimble. Yes. Finn Balor, Sami Zayn, guys like that, like the one tool that they have that could like in a in a very valid sense uh, be used to tell a very competitive match story with Braun Strowman would be just like literally do not let the man get his hands on you because the whole story of the match is you get these hands, you lose. But he, you know, but how he do can't you do hit, he can't he can't hit what he can't catch. Well, how you do but offense? If they hit him; they're in his arms' reach. But but if you if you think about Sami Zayn hitting the diving through the ropes corner drop kick, mm-hmm. um, if you think about Finn Balor's ability to do the over the top rope to the apron and Zaguri, you know he can do things that can allow him to strike and then put himself back at a distance. See, I guess what you meant, but what I think the issue comes from, and that's fine and dandy. If I'm Finn, I'm rolling out the ring, immediately stand up on the apron. He's going to come lumbering towards me. I'm hitting him with that end mm-hmm. I can see how he starts getting wobbly. Mm-hmm. However, take a step further. So either Finn does that the entire time in the match trash, or at one point, Braun has to grab him because we're actually trying to create a good match. Right. Once Braun mm-hmm. has him, is there any offense he can take that well, doesn't that doesn't both just with good reason we haven't seen a terribly like incredibly long match with Braun Strowman being in the ring the whole time. So you think he's getting tired out? I think you story. can. I think you can like tell the story of making him come after you, and I don't think you can rope a dope him. I don't think you can take a beating. For 20 minutes and yeah. have him exhaust himself. I think you'll be dead before he is. But I think you can avoid getting hit and keep making him miss and he will get tired. And then I think you can be competitive and hopefully survive his offense. I think it would be I think it would be intriguing mm-hmm. to see. All right. I think, but time out, time out, time out. The James Ellsworth wing that went in the bank was so good. Yeah. It was so sweet, but that's just a sign. Let's keep rolling. Um, that was, I mean, the main event. We have uh, it was Kevin Owens and Corbin. Kevin Owens, Baron Corbin against uh, Finn Balor, Braun Strowman. Um, it was Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. No, it was it was Kevin Owens and Baron Corbin as one team, and Finn Balor and Braun Strowman. Oh, okay, got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. Um, and uh, odd storytelling. Finn Balor was in the match the whole time, and then eventually Braun got the tag in. But he stayed in the ring for like a minute and a half and then let Finn tag back in, which never like Finn never had the time to recover from the beating he'd been taking the entire match. Yeah, problem is having a big guy in the match, it's always their finish was the hot tag. Yeah, and, the and that's pro- just what they went The with. problem with this was like there was no good reason for Braun to tag back out, but he did, and it ended up costing them the match because you had to tell if you were going to have their team lose, you had to tell the story of Finn Balor taking the loss for yeah. him. But just the night before, we found out Kevin. I mean, uh, Braun Strowman can beat seven dudes at one time. Yeah. So all of a sudden, two seemed like an inconvenience. Well, he did get Kevin Owens. Actually, was the one who uh, um, made the Herculean effort of 
essentially like spearing Braun over the barricade to take him out of the match long enough for Baron Corbin to hit the end of days on Finn Balor. And that was enough for the win. Um, Baron, by the way, did actually wrestle in the, what is he, the constable? The cons, the cons, yeah, constable. The constable of Monday Night Raw. I don't even know what that word means. It's like a, it's like an old timey policeman. Good time. Hey, Alexa, what's constable mean? Constable is usually defined as a lawman with less authority and jurisdiction than a sheriff or a rent-a-cop. English landscape painter, seventeen seventy. Or a painter, or a painter, John Constable. Yeah, there you go. So he's a painter <clears throat> or a rent-a-cop. Yeah, or he's a rent-a-cop painter. Yeah, that's uh, not a good gimmick. No, but his hair does fit it, though. I see. Yeah, at least at least they fixed the hair. Um, so in a vest and a white shirt, uh, Baron Corbin gets the win uh, for himself and Kevin Owens. A banged up Kevin Owens who who tried to make peace with Braun Strowman. Uh, no peace to be had. Um, and uh, and that was Monday Night Raw. What'd you think? I give it. It was. I mean, it was a show. Oh man, I sound like Dave. It's it's three out of five. Okay, two point <laughs> five out of five. Yeah, it's worth money in the bank. Okay, I don't I don't think they built towards much with it. Hang on one second. Time out. Yes. Can you ask me a fair question though? No, no, no. Hang on, because I want to now. I need to know what what the Dolph, Seg- Dolph Ziggler segment. I was gonna say like, take your two and a half rating, and now remember that Dolph Ziggler is your new Intercontinental Champion, and now give me your rating. Well, this is what you missed. I judge Monday Night Raw. As a whole? No, no, no. I just judge Monday Night Raw. Okay. If you want my critique of the Dolph Ziggler show. Yes. That's an 11. Okay. That's a 13. That's a 15. I'm prime numbering, I think. I'll yes. Get. I'll go all day. All right. Uh, no, I won't. I Actually, I think 17. Yeah, that's what I know. 17 prime number? I 19 still is, too, I think. All right. 19. In any case, a 10. Attend the Dolph Ziggler show is there. I want him to reign forever. Yeah. He's here to show the world. He already showed the world. You're going to get got. Let the getters get to getting because there's one man at the top and his initials are DZ. See you, boy. Let's go. What's your opinion? <laughs> I thought it was actually, I, I, there was a lot of the show that I really enjoyed. Um, like, there was some fun stuff. Some of the backstage stuff was all right. There were some terrible, terrible moments. Uh, looking at you, Sasha and Bailey. Um, and I, I apologize as well. I wouldn't, I wasn't crazy about like, uh, again, like I said, I, I just, I wish Braun Strowman wasn't our money in the bank holder. I feel like, I, I, I just feel like you put the money in the bank briefcase in the hands of somebody who felt like an inevitable champion anyway. And it feels like it defeats the utility of the money in the bank briefcase. I agree. Um, but, um, you know, I thought there were some intriguing intriguing storytelling going on. I like I like actually Lashley catching an attitude with Roman Reigns. I enjoyed that part. Yeah. Um yeah, not a bad show. And uh with Dolph Ziggler, uh give it a 14. Sounds good. So uh let's uh let's take a look here and talk about uh SmackDown, NXT 205, and the rest of the week in wrestling. I use lead up. Okay, so let's talk about SmackDown and let's rant about SmackDown. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. We like as much as we have our happy moment on Monday Night Raw and like I was I was up immediately of Dolph on Twitter, like Dolph Ziggler is the new Intercontinental Champion. Oh my god, what a great night. Then we get SmackDown. 
And it's like a test. <clears throat> it's like it's almost <clears throat> Vince is like trying to prove a point that it doesn't matter. And, and he needs the he needs the talent to understand that it doesn't matter. It's also almost like he's trying to show USA that like, yes, SmackDown is going to Friday nights on Fox, where SmackDown will almost certainly beat Raw in the ratings. But don't worry, we're going to make the show so trash that there's no doubt in anybody's mind that Raw's the A show and SmackDown's the B show. Exactly. It's weird. It's like they. It's like he's waiting for moves so they can put a new management sign on it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it's. Oh my god! Like it was it was. Oh. So sometimes wrestling does its best to make it unwatchable. Start with the celebration again, because Carmella successfully defended her championship, for which there should not be cause for. A celebration. Exactly. It's your job. You are the champion. And you get, exactly. That's the celebration. I am still the champ. But it's like, if you're celebrating the fact that you somehow won against your challenger. Exactly. Because there was no way you believed you were going to come out tonight champion. Exactly. There shouldn't be anything celebrated. Yeah. Of course I won. Yeah. What do you guys, this is no we're celebrating the same way we celebrate every night because I always celebrate because I'm always the champion. Exactly. Like you celebrate for Rick's. a rare event. You celebrate once a year for your birthday. You celebrate once a year for Christmas. You celebrate mm-hmm. once a year for your anniversary. Or if you're Ric Flair, you celebrate every night because you're the champion every you're night. you're that dang good. Yeah. She ain't Ric Flair, so she's an informer in this case. Yeah, it's a you special sh- event that you successfully defended your champion. Exactly. It was like, it was, it was... Wow, I can't believe this happened. I survived. You know, like I would celebrate if my house got hit with a tornado and a two by four went through the wall two inches away from my head. I would call someone up and they would say, wow, that's a cause for celebration. You're here when you shouldn't be. And I would say, good point. Life is good. Let's celebrate. I can't believe this. But Asuka was the two by four that Carmella dodged. Exactly. She and should not be here. She should not. <laughs> and you shouldn't. Exactly. She should. Oh, my God. Like, you just admit that you got lucky. You admit you can't believe it happened. Worst of all, you admit it probably shouldn't have happened. And because it did, you should celebrate and embrace this moment. Because how often when it's you versus Asuka, can you expect to win clean? Also, the other. It's like the other. Bizarro world aspect of WWE is that WWE is Vince McMahon's sports entertainment product for professional wrestling fans. And his mission in life at this point seems to be to prove definitively that he will always select an entertainer over a pro wrestler. That between the incredible pro wrestler Asuka and the looks good in a bathing suit Carmella, Carmella wins. Yeah. And between the... That's why his daughter got a boob job. Yeah. But, I mean, so you have... I don't want to get ahead of myself, which, again, this is... I know it's going to be a rant, but... Let's just Let's talk move. about things as they happen. So, so Asuka shocked once again that 
the Asuka clone out there in the ring is actually James Ellsworth. Again. Whoa. I know. It's like, well, oh my God. Why? That'd be like if the Twilight Zone episode where the woman has a regular human face, but everybody else has pig faces and they all think she's horrifically ugly. If you had that twist happen at the end of the episode, but then you showed her like the next day and the same reveal happened again. And she's just as surprised. Yeah. And everybody else is just shocked. I thought there was only one. There's more than one fake person wearing a fake Oscar mask. Yeah. Oh my God. Is there some cult? You know, like, and, and I, oh man, I'm over. I can't do it. Becky Lynch beat Billy Kay. What'd you think? I thought she defeated Peyton Royce. No, she beat Billy Kay. Oh, oh, either way. I mean, it's it's six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah, exactly. It's it's. Oh man, I thought it was dumb. Like, why did air? Um, why? Jeff Hardy said um, he cut a really weird promo, mm-hmm. and he talked about facing Shinsuke Nakamura. Yay! So Nakamura has a way to go now after he has no chance at beating AJ Styles. Sweet. So all we did was announce. So how many extreme rule matches really got announced? Um, well, I think we're bound to see Asuka Carmel again. Yep. I think we're bound to see AJ versus Nakamura. No. I mean, I mean, sorry, Jeff Hardy versus Nakamura. Yep. And we got Rusev <clears throat> versus We got AJ. Rusev versus AJ Styles. So 40% of the card is already built. Yeah. And um, it's just and there was this was the what's the opposite of the go home show? Um, Hello? (laughs) Up to bat show? The, I don't know, there is a term for it, but I can't think of what it is right now. You guys know what we're talking about. It's the opposite of the go-home show. Allow me to rant. How in the world, how in the world are we a month away from Extreme Rules? Mm -hmm. This is the the recap to the Money in the Bank show, the night after, two nights after Money in the Bank. How in the world does it benefit anybody? To, to have, have already told the story already that gets it. you to the match. Already told it. So what in the world? You know, because if I'm AJ Styles, and I know I'm fighting Rusev at AJ at Extreme Rules, mm-hmm. and I know I'm a fighting champion, I know I want to win. What am I going to go to Raw for? What's going to happen? He's going to kick me in the dick? I already know it's going to happen. What's going to happen? I'm going to wrestle a match against somebody else for no reason. He's going to show up and assault me. And well, maybe I'll counter it and hit him back. The idea, the yeah. idea, I guess, yeah. is that somehow it's better to have the time to create more drama between these two individuals that are having the match between now and the match happening, as if that's somehow better than the champion being in suspense about who they're fighting. And only finding out, like, at the last minute. Not the last minute. I'm not saying John Cena take Undertaker. I'm saying we can advance. Yeah, we can advance. It's kind of what I mean. That's when. That's the point of the go-home show. Yeah. That's the exact reason you have a go-home show. And then you can have the standoff between AJ and Rusev. It's like, oh, so this is the match. Exactly. And you could have used, like, you could have used the matches that put Rusev in contendership over the next four weeks exactly. to get him the number one contendership. Exactly. So either it's there's too much talent and they just have to rush it so they can put it in other places. But if I'm AJ Styles, I can't show up and be taken seriously. Because why? I should just I should go to Pennsylvania and I should post a video every week, every day, whatever, of me training at the gym saying I'm going to be ready for this. 
How dumb was it when John Cena cashed in his money in the bank a month in advance and said, I'm cashing this in at this pay-per-view. Are you ready for the match? Was it dumb? Yes. Is that exactly the same idea of what just happened here? Yes. And do they do it all the time? Yes. So why do they think it's different? What do you gain? What do you gain? We're not telling pro wrestling stories. We're not building matches in the pro wrestling style. We're entertaining people. Who are you entertaining? I'm not entertained. This is not entertaining. Okay? I need you guys to understand this. There is a right way and there is a wrong way. This is wrong. Because it doesn't make any sort of sense. No matter how you slice it, it does not matter. Because this, it's, it's, pre, it's, it's preordained. If you're AJ, you have zero to fight for. Because there's no reason to fight. Why do anything that will end you at less than 100%? Like, I mean, anything in the world. In football, you get a bye week when you have a really good regular season. They spend so much time talking about how the rest and the preparation is humongous in your chances of winning. You can also earn, like, you know, home field, home field advantage. Exactly. So if I'm AJ Styles, I show up maybe if there's a match that says, so So Rusev does this, right? So uh, they do some dumb contendership match this week, right? Rusev wins, and we know he's going to face AJ Styles at Money in the Bank. At Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules, sorry, with two weeks left to build. So the third week, AJ Styles doesn't show up. He says what I'm saying. Rusev shows up. He says, you know what, Rusev? You know what, AJ Styles? How about this? Come out next week. Be a man. But I understand you don't have to. So if you do, I'll allow you to have someone in your corner during the match. If you come out and you beat me, I'll let you have someone in your corner. Or more, more, something. More importantly, if you're AJ Styles, because Extreme Rules also takes away the champion's advantage. But not even strictly Extreme Rules. This is all the time. This well, just happens to be Extreme Rules coming up. But but because we now know Rusev's number one contender, and it's at Extreme Rules, presumably we're going to be in a situation where like AJ Styles doesn't have the protection of Rusev getting disqualified or him getting disqualified exactly. and AJ keeping the belt. Exactly. So, so break his back. So you are now as a champion at less of, you don't have the home field advantage that you usually have. Um, and if you're AJ Styles, it seems like you don't have any way to even pick the stipulation. Exactly. So you say, if I'm going to show up and you want me to fight one of your lackeys, if I beat him, then we get to choose this stipulation. Like, once you announce the match, you need to have, I mean, like, here's an example. They announce the match. It's in five weeks. Four weeks or five, it doesn't matter. And the next week, it's the main event of SmackDown. Do you expect a clean finish? Well, nowadays, you do. You expect a clean finish in a non-title match on SmackDown, and then a non-finish in the pay-per-view match for the title. Well, exactly. But I'm saying is you have, when they announce this is the main, not the main event, this is the, the pay-per-view match. And then they have them f- do a match on SmackDown the next week. Uh, I think Shinsuke AJ last yep. time around. In, no, Shinsuke. <clears throat> no, it was. Yeah, Shinsuke it was. AJ. Yeah. 
And you don't have to be that bright to understand they're saving the finish for the pay-per-view. That's the point. So if you had to make a list of reasons why the third hour is consistently trash, do you think it's maybe because they put in not unthoughtful, no meaning television then? Because if I'm, if I, what time's Raw Star? Eight, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's 10 p.m., I'm ready to go to bed. And I know Roman and Jinder is in two weeks at the pay-per-view. And I know they have a match tonight. Am I going to stay awake and watch it? No, because I know there's going to be some dumb shenanigans because they're just drawing it out until the pay-per-view. So right. what's the point of watching? There's zero stakes. And and you have, you know, you have instances like you have now where the week before his match against AJ Styles for the world championship, Nakamura attacks the U.S. champion. So that you've already come into the month-long build to the next pay-per-view with Nakamura's program in place having not won the world championship. Mm-hmm. If you had saved the story for at least this week, exactly. that Jeff Hardy comes out to SmackDown this week and Renee Young says, Jeff, you, like your brother Matt, didn't have to defend your title last night. You're still the champion. <clears throat> AJ Styles is still the champion, but he lost a hard-fought match to well, he beat Shinsuke, or he won a hard-fought match against Shinsuke Nakamura and retained his title. You did nothing, and you're still the champion. Yeah, but I mean, you know, like I'm, I'm better than Shinsuke, so you know. He said if, I stood toe to toe with a champion, if, and I almost beat him. You won't even face him, Jeff. So I want your championship. I mean, if Shinsuke fought me, it would have been the same result. I'd have beat him last night if it was me and Shinsuke. Shinsuke comes out and says, I don't think so. I think if, I, if it had been me and you last night, I'd have your title. There's levels to this, fella. Yeah. Exactly. Like, now think about this. This is what I don't get. I'm not in Mensa. I'm not a genius. I'm not your viewer, Charles. I'm going to assume you're not. Actually. But okay. anyway. All right. Respect. <laughs> so we got one genius. We got one regular dude. Are you actually... I mean, you can say, yeah, it's not Let's me not, just answering a question. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's still a regular dude as far as I'm concerned. We're sitting here making a podcast for regular people like me. All right? So Charles and I are not super geniuses, no matter what any number says. All right? I bet you Donald Trump has an IRQ score. But, uh, <laughs> but in any case, we're not genius. I don't care what any number says. But in 30 seconds, sitting here, we have created a much better story than WWE does and they have all the time. It's their full time job. Do you feel like doing eight hours a day every day? I know. And do you feel like that's like that there is a, a like a lack of passion for you know the experience that the fans have? Like the actual that seems to me to be so true because like we didn't talk when we reviewed Money in the Bank. We didn't talk about Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. And a huge part of the reason was that it was a long match and the fans in the Allstate Arena did not appreciate the match. Oh, they hated it. They did not have a good experience watching that match. 
Some of them had a good experience. They were doing the wave. Doing the wave. Yeah. Playing with beach balls. Fun. Chanting for their favorite wrestlers of long ago. Yeah. I mean. Phil Jackson. No, Phil Brooks. We got a Let's Go Cena chant. Yeah. In Chicago. That's crazy. Where they hold up signs that say, if Cena wins, we riot. Exactly. We got a Let's Go Cena chant during a Roman Reigns-Jinder Mahal match. Cena nowhere to be seen off making a movie or pretending to be in a up and down roller coaster relationship. Oh, and that's just, and that's where they spend their time and money. Yeah. They put more thought into the breakup and, and relationship of John and his fiance. But I feel like there's more long-term booking there than on the actual show. Booking a 20 minute Roman Reigns, Ginger Mahal match in Chicago that elicits a let's go Cena chant is not having any passion for the experience that your fans have watching you your product. Me. You don't think it makes a difference. Yeah. Because the money doesn't come from the gate. The money doesn't come. The money comes from TV. So it doesn't matter. Like as long as people are tuning into the product, how the people in Chicago react doesn't really matter. And how the people at home doesn't really matter as long as they tune in next week. Well, here's my question. In the history of business, okay, a lot of businesses, most recently Toys R Us, obviously this takes place over a lot of time. When a business falls into what we're talking about, it's usually aligned with the word complacency. Yeah. Okay? And when complacency is at the highest is when your risk of a competitor coming in and taking the market from you also is the highest. So does Vince actually just think there's no other, like when you get complacency and when you get stale and you have other companies that are putting out innovative, good products, word of mouth. I mean, that's and, what nearly and, killed WWE in the WCW days. Oh, I don't know anything about that. But the point is, isn't now the time for one of these other companies? I guess that's why All In is happening. And that's why, that's why but the problem is Ring marketing. of Honor and New Japan are talking more and more about partnering up and, and working together because if there's one thing where you have access uh, with a new Japan show and Sinclair with the ring of honor show, if these two, if these two companies work together enough and co-distribute products, but once they they're also a blip, have, once they're a blip on Vince's radar, he just throws them a stupid amount of money. He throws the solved. talent a stupid amount of money. Yeah. Problem solved. But Again, it's a monopoly. like if you take the talent and put it in WWE and then the stories you tell with that talent involve coming out and taunting Bobby Lashley with three men in a dress. Yay. Then you know what happens where people used to talk about Sami Zayn in Ring of Honor People are now talking about somebody else in Ring of Honor and much less about Sami Zayn. Exactly. So you can buy the expensive talent, but if you, it's like, it's like. But how come it hasn't happened? It's like if, well, I mean, look at who, who is making waves in the world of professional wrestling right now. Guys Dolph like Ziggler. Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., Kenny Omega, Cody can't say his last name because WWE owns it. Which and, is crazy. And Brandy Rhodes, his wife. Yeah, Brandy Rhodes is his wife. Last name Rhodes. Yes. Her name, her name. Yeah, is her name Rhodes. is Brandy Rhodes. But I can tell you, they did have a traditional marriage 
one in which usually the woman takes the last name of the husband. He I'm doesn't sure have a last husband. name. I'm not sure what his last name is. Yeah. He but I just know they have a traditional he name. He doesn't have one. Um, so the people that are being talked about and making the most waves right now are talent that is not under the WWE umbrella. And I think that's telling that people like the Young Bucks well, and, and like... Um, well, Miss, I got to cut you off. I hate to do it. But do you think those guys are actually as big as you think? Or do you think because we're obviously like wrestling, we make a wrestling podcast. Do you think we know about them because we're more into the wrestling, uh, I guess I don't want to say industry, but we just know we well, follow the entire industry. The lifeblood of WWE, whether whether Vince McMahon and the WWE want to admit it or not, the lifeblood of WWE are wrestling fans. They're not entertainment fans. Uh, you, you don't... You don't tune in to the USA Network to catch the last half hour of Law and & Order and then stick around for the first 30 minutes of Christy Knows Best and happen to watch Raw in between. The people who are watching their products are people who are wrestling fans. And I think when you are – when the biggest stories in the world for wrestling fans is outside of your company, it is costing you money. And but is it though? If I ask a regular dude who's a regular, just we, everyone knows someone that's like a super casual wrestling fan. They don't know who AJ Styles is, but they know WrestleMania seasons around. I'll say this when I see people out in the world and I know that that person's a wrestling fan, there have been a number of occasions where I know they're a wrestling fan because of a Bullet Club shirt. Well, no, but that's a tell. But most of the people, the people that the WWE, the people that watch WWE every week and give them their lifeblood, not people that have bullet club shirts. So I want to do this. The average wrestling fan, if you take the average person to represent the humongous market people that watch it, they got them their billions of dollars. Do they know Chris Jericho is the new Japan Intercontinental Champion right now? Do they know that? Because I think it's a no. I think it's a no. So Chris Jericho is probably top five WWE name as far as household names, and they like him, and he's at it. But it's but that story doesn't make a splash with the people who just tune in. Exactly. Yeah. So I think, and here's what I think: I think we should do a, a what's the a change dot what's that website change dot org? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yeah. I think by every every definition possible, I think WWE has a monopoly. I think that I think there's something that happens when that happens. I think pro wrestling should be a utility. Everybody should have access to pro wrestling. I think so. WWE Network should be free. Yes. And is uh, what's that socialism? Yeah. In this case, I'm all right with it. Yeah. Because it's just it's a machine that is just and so I'm tired low of those welfare cheats that are taking advantage of my tax money going to the WWE Network. Yeah, you're worried about PWG and yeah. <laughs> New Japan's out there running it. Yeah. But I mean, now now let me take this moment to say I am a WWE fan. My Dolph Ziggler is my number one boy. You guys know that. But at the same hand, as far as someone that likes professional wrestling and entertainment, there's other avenues. You can watch New Japan. Yeah. It's easy to watch. You can watch Ring of Honor. There's other avenues because when you watch something like SmackDown, if if I had my buddy that never watched wrestling before and I showed him SmackDown, he would be reminded why he doesn't watch wrestling. Yeah, that's- If I showed him some of the stuff they're putting out in other places – he would say, when do I come to watch next? And the problem, the legitimate problem for most of us is that truthfully, like, you know, we have more access to various wrestling products than we've ever had before. Ever. Never a time in my life growing up 
where I could say for like for pennies a day, I get like every WWF pay-per-view, WWE pay-per-view for the entire year. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't have a question about whether my parents are going to let me order WrestleMania on pay-per-view or whether like the month after WrestleMania, I think that pay-per-view is critical to see. And I have to now go back to my parents and say, well, I know I just got WrestleMania on pay-per-view and that was kind of pricey on the cable bill, but I want to do it again this month for another pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I don't have that scenario anymore. It's 30 cents per day exactly. and I've got every pay-per-view ever. And not only do I have all these pay-per-views, but like WWE actually puts out more special events where they're like, we're going to do a show in Saudi Arabia. We're going to do one in Australia. We're going to do one in England. We're going to do all these special NXT events. We're going to put all this stuff on the network for 30 cents a day. Like I have more and better access through the network than I ever had with WWE before. Not only that, for the same like 20-something, 30-something cents, I've got New Japan World. So now, like all this stuff that I used to hear about through Dave Meltzer and through people talking about wrestling, like the amazing things happening in New Japan, I'm not sleeping on that stuff anymore. I'm actually watching that stuff. I'm seeing a seven-star match. Yeah, and the I'm first seeing, time around. Yeah, at four a.m. Yeah, Eastern absolutely. Time. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm seeing Chris Jericho win the Intercontinental Title in New Japan because I am that wrestling fan that'll watch those things. Mm-hmm. Despite all this access, I'm not going to lie about one thing. I'm going to be I'm going to be straight up with you guys. There might be some wrestling fans out there that say, like, I'll watch New Japan with the Japanese commentary because I think the Japanese announcer is more passionate and tell a better story, even though I don't understand the language. That doesn't work that well for me. That's like, honestly, that's like reading a book in Arabic. I don't read Arabic, so reading a book in Arabic, the words might really jump off the page to somebody who speaks the language. To me, it might as well be Greek. Yeah, well, they're going to say, though, but you can watch the action to see the excitement. And I'm going to counter that one with, okay, why don't you watch a movie in Chinese? With no subtitles. With no subtitles. Exactly. And they're going to say, no, that's stupid. But you can watch the action star jump through the window. Exactly. Like, exactly. So I I, I do think one thing. But New Japan has English commentary on big shows. Now. They do, which is fantastic. It's why mm-hmm. I love watching it now. And I think the English announced team does do a good job. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I will say is... As much as I appreciate, like, what a great job they are doing with some storytelling, I think over the, over the body of the entire product, WWE, with the talent they have and the time that they have to tell stories in, has so much more potential to have great stories exactly. and build great matches with them. They just don't do it. What does this say right here when we look at the recap? For SmackDown. Sanity versus the Usos didn't happen. Didn't happen. We got an announced match. Sanity finally debuts. After all the visa issues are done and everything like that, we got Sanity finally arrives on SmackDown. Number one, the announcers are told, don't mention NXT. You're not allowed to talk about NXT and how, like, these guys dominated NXT. Dominated, yeah. You can't talk about the War Games match that these guys had with Killian Dane destroying all of the Undisputed Era. Exactly. And not to mention uh, the, um, not the, not the War Raiders, the, uh, t- uh, not Token and Razor, the, those are the Ninja Turtles enemies. 
Um, Occam and Ra- the authors of pain yeah. were also in the war games match and sanity uh, were, were your winners because they're so awesome and they're so dominant, Those but you guys. can't talk about any of that stuff. Don't mention it. We're telling a new story. They're on SmackDown. Now they're going against the Usos, except they're not going against the Usos because we don't pay off anything. We say, exactly. we don't actually do anything worthwhile in storytelling. And Oh yeah. Remember that match we had with Gallows and Anderson, Against the Bludgeon Brothers on Money in the Bank. Two days ago. Let's have it again. Same thing. Hey, guys, I like what you did. Go ahead and do it again. Yes. Like, come oh, on. And remember how last time we had Anderson take the loss. Well, this time, we're going to have Anderson take the loss. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Look at my wallet. How long was the match last time? Four and a half minutes? Sounds great. Make it happen. You know what? I'm going to give you guys... Four minutes, 20 seconds. We'll probably squeeze another commercial. I'm going to give you guys four minutes and 30 seconds. What do you think about that? Yeah. Great I mean, idea, isn't it? Becky Lynch, Sasha. Let's do it again. It's 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 so mind-boggling. It's crazy. This is what I will say. I think WWE has the tools in place that no matter how you slice it, they are going to be the best just because they work with people. And when you work in a people-driven business on your forefront, whether it be from talent or a customer, the guy with the most money has an extreme advantage. So WWE's total product is going to be the highest number. However, if you look at it as the amount of the amount of your potential that you're using, they're going to be the lowest number. They are the worst. They're currently the best. But they're the worst compared to where they should be. The discrepancy between where they are and where they should be is a bigger difference than any other yeah, decent to large size. Because Vince McMahon has proven that if you told him, we're going to give you all of the talent from your homegrown talent roster and the guys that you have acquired over time and mm-hmm. have built into superstars, if we give you those guys and then we also allow you to poach the best of who you want from all of the other federations. And then we're also going to give you the ability to just take everybody from everything. Exactly. You can have anyone. Like you just can, like you, you can, buy not, you can not only get the radicals from WCW. You can not only get like all of your chosen great solid workers, your Eddie Guerrero's, your Dean Malenko's. You can not only get those guys, but then you can bankrupt the company and get your your Palumbos and your uh, O'Hare's. And I have no choice. And you can get everybody. Mm-hmm. You can get your DDP and your Booker T. Bring them all. It does. It, and you can put them in the main event of WrestleMania and have them lose to a pedigree, followed by thirty seconds of slowly crawling over to them, draping one arm across them, and making sure you still stay down. You don't kick out. Super burials. Because you can. Because you can and because, like, what do you care about all the talent that you have that you can use to build up great stories? Why would you bother to tell the story of the fact that the Usos are this great tag team? Keyword team. So well together. And Gallows and Anderson have exactly that type of brotherhood. Thank you. And you have an opportunity to say... Gallows and Anderson want another shot at the champions. They think they they didn't put everything they could into that short match on the pre-show. 
They want another shot at the Bludgeon Brothers. But the Usos, another great tag team, want a shot at the Bludgeon Brothers. Let's give these teams a number one contenders match on SmackDown. And who would have thought? And maybe let we have, have a, a seven or eight minute match. Maybe we don't get an ending. And maybe the reason we don't give, get an ending is because Same. while the Good Brothers and the Usos are out there trying to become number one contender, a team called Sanity from NXT that were the most dominant mm. force in NXT come out on SmackDown. And, and say, you guys aren't the final contenders because I'm the final boss. And they take out the three members of Sanity, take out all four members of the Good Brothers and the Usos. And now you say, good Lord, this team might actually be enough to take out the Invincible Bludgeon Brothers that exactly. never lose to anybody. Now, if I have a match between this crazy team and this crazy team of Hill people... I can't see how these guys can lose. I don't see how these guys can lose. I want to see that match. match. I want to see that match. That's why CM Punk versus John Cena was so good. Yeah. I don't see how CM Punk can lose. I don't see how John Cena can lose. That's the match you want to see. But they'll never build that. They'll never build that. They rely on dream matches that they bought. So let's say they buy them and then, oh, man, they just... Like, I'm going to do one more thing. I'm done. Yeah. One more thing. I want to know this. I want to know why the commentators, you know, they try their best. I understand they have a job to do, right? Commentators Fire are so quick. coach, man. <laughs> they are so quick to talk about how well the bar gelled as a team yeah. in two years, and they attribute that to their overwhelming success. But they don't talk about the Usos being a team for 30 years. And uh, just, just to say their brothers have been there forever. Okay. But if you can attribute that man's success to two years working well together, how come when you scale that, address the fact that there should be a reason why just them working together well has catapulted them here. I have this team here that has been working together well for 15 times longer, but are getting much worse results. I have a question. Don't address it. Don't do it. Don't when was the last time you saw the bar? I ain't seen the bar in a while. Yeah. So anyway... Uh, we had a gauntlet match. Daniel Bryan drew the short straw, which meant he was going out first, and he would have to fight everybody to win the gauntlet match. Among all this negativity, though, it did turn good here. This is, I mean, again, this is the point where we say, like, if you produce five hours of wrestling content every Monday and Tuesday, it sure would be nice to have, like, 45, 50 minutes worth of wrestling in there somewhere. Yeah, thank God Daniel Bryan was there to deliver for us. The match with Big E was really good. I think it was more a test for Big E mm-hmm. than it was for Daniel Bryan because I think mm-hmm. Big E's going to get the push. I really do believe that. I'm, I, you match know, was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I'm, I don't understand the, like this whole – like either don't, – don't let us get to the point where, where like Big E is actually addressing the rumors publicly again about him Here's getting – results from a search. Um, don't, don't let us get to the point where – Biggie is actually responding to fans and talking about how people are saying they want him to get a push, a singles push, and he's happy with the new day and yada, yada, yada. They don't have to split up and any of this stuff, but then put him in a singles match on SmackDown and start the rumors back up again. Just simply have Biggie do something as an individual well, other than lose a match. Well, let me ask you this right now, right? Why doesn't this happen? Why doesn't Big E come out with a microphone to start Monday Night Raw? And they say, look, guys, I've been seeing you on social media. I seen you saying that the New Day should break up. I see you saying I think we can achieve great things solo. And I hear you. I really do. 
But I want to show you this group you may have may not have heard, and they're called the Undisputed mm-hmm. Era. And they're just all champions, actually. So we don't need mm-hmm. to split up. I can win a championship. My boys can win a championship. You heard of the Shield? Storytelling across platforms oh. that are all owned by WWE? Could you believe it? I mean, and is it possible? Imagine that- if they talked about what happened on Raw or 205 Live on SmackDown, the world would end. I couldn't even believe it. Well, they're competitors. You know, they only meet up once in a lifetime every month. Yeah. You know, you for for you trying to separate something so strongly, it's crazy how often you guys coincidentally cross paths. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's barbaric. But in any case, then you had... So, Brian, Brian did beat Big E, but it was a competitive match. It was, It was yeah. a good match. Uh, then Samoa Joe came out to take advantage of uh, weakened Daniel Bryan. Psych. Lay a beating on him, though. But you're right. It was a psych because uh, Samoa Joe locked in the coquina clutch outside the ring. Daniel Bryan did a backflip push off the barricade. Managed to get back in the ring before the 10 count. Samoa Joe didn't make the count. And now Daniel Bryan is up two wins in the gauntlet match. He only needs two more. However, the Bludgeon Brothers, who walked past Daniel Bryan earlier in the night, walking down the ramp, that was all the excuse they needed to come out and destroy Daniel Bryan. Apparently, they thought Daniel Bryan's beard looked a little too much like their beards. He used to that he was part of the Wyatt family for six months. Yeah, like these guys should all be, <laughs> they should know each other. They should all be drinking wine and eating cheese. They together. slept in the same compound. They should be playing chess backstage. They slept in the same compound. But they didn't like his beard, or his beard was too close to their beards, or something like that. So anyway, they attacked him, they killed him. Miss yeah, came let me ask out. One more quick question. Yeah. How in the world the Blood Brothers wear sheet mask, gas mask, and uh I don't even know what you would call that, a suit? What's that called? What's that thing? A jumper? Yeah. And they're that petty. And they're that petty. If you do, you think Paul Bunyan cares if anybody else wears a lumberjack shirt? Yeah. When I walk past them, no. These guys went out of their way to beat them up for it. Yeah. That's what fuels them. These dudes wear sheep masks, but they're fueled by the things that frustrate gossipy teenage girls. Your next Come feud, on, your next feud, by the way, is almost certainly Daniel Bryan versus Eric Rowan. Well, not many good Eric and Rowan hey, beat the Rocket. Russ, I mean, oh no, Aaron lost the Rocket. Yeah, but just bear in mind when when that actually does happen, and you're like, well, "This dude for real is Falcon Arrow." Like, this is just it's just watch and learn. It's going to be Daniel Bryan versus Eric Rowan. You're going to just see it. please say that one more time. Please say that one more time. It's going to be Daniel Bryan versus Eric Rowe. So you're that's me, going to happen. You so you're telling me, you're telling me that this dude, this company has literally been critiqued for having too much talent, and there's not enough time to put the talent on TV. And but there's also Eric nobody. Rowan. There's nobody that can work a program with Daniel Bryan. Other than Eric Rowe and Big Red. Well, because they have to be a big dude that can beat him up and make him the underdog. Yeah. Because if it worked once, it'll work twice, just like Sasha and Bailey. Yeah. Just like the good brother who like it's almost like you need to be able to watch it on repeat for four weeks and then watch the pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh. And if if Big Cass is gone, who's the next tallest guy with a, facial B, hair? C D E. Instead of Big C, you get Big E. Yeah. And then you get Big E. Well, you get another Big E after yeah. that. Yeah. So um, 
Miz hit the scroll crushing finale, and our last entrant was Rusev, and Rusev hit a super kick, a machka kick, and a um, accolade. Accolade, yeah. Just put him to bed. I can't believe they call that movie accolade. It's, it's not dumb. Dude. Yeah, it's a camel clutch. Right? It's a camel clutch. Yeah. So he hit that, and Miz tapped out, and Rusev is your new number one contender. We got a stare down between AJ and Rusev, and now we have. Three weeks to build to whatever kind of match they're going to have. Yay. Yep. Actually, hold on. Spoiler. I bet it's an Extreme Rules match. I'm going to go with you on that one. Maybe we'll get a Punjabi person. So one thing that's most assuredly not going to happen is that you will not see a Cruiserweight Championship match at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Because nobody cares about 205 Live except for wrestling fans like me. I will say that Drew Gulak finally got the trifecta. He tapped out Lindsay Dorado in the opening match of 205 Live this week, which means he has beaten Lindsay Dorado, Grand Metalik, and uh, good lord, uh, it's, hey, happen- it's happening again. Anybody who's ever aligned with Big Cash or Enzo Amore end up in a good place once the relationship is done. <laughs> I mean... It's going well for everybody that's worked with them. Yeah. You know, so. But, uh, so it was Gulak and Kendrick out there against um, the Lucha House Party. And um, no Jack Gallagher. He's off. He was off doing the UK Championship Tournament, which is now on the WWE Network. Shout out to our our boy. I am Amir. Yeah. uh, I am Amir. Um, Amir George. Sorry that by all accounts and reports, spoilers, it didn't quite work out for you. But we'll get him next time. You get him next time. He mind Dolph Ziggler. He took L's, ended up on top. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that says you can't challenge for the UK championship later on down the road and win it. Um, Or be at the gym at six, even though they open at seven. Shout out to our boy, Michael Michael Elgin. Get it. Um, So TJP killed another jobber. It was it was like instantaneous. It was uh, less than thirty seconds. I mean, it was Jobber punched him in the face, uh, so he got really furious. Put him in the knee bar immediately. It was done. He doesn't dab anymore, right? He hasn't dabbed in a little while. He ran with that a long ways. Yeah, too far. Yeah, he definitely ran too far. <laughs> that was like it was almost like kind of sad to realize like I'm fifteen years older than him. But I recognized that a thing was over and done with and dead and not cool before he did. Exactly. That's like, dude, you're 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 a young old old man. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he is actually old dude. He wrestled for a long time. But he's like, he's been maybe been wrestling for a long time. But I think he's only like barely twenty something. No, no, no. I think he's in his thirties. TJP. Yeah, man. He I really thought he was young. super I'm young. Go, I'm, I'm gambling. Thirty one. I'm gonna right. see. Well, the main event of 205 Live was awesome. It was a triple threat match. We got a rematch of Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy, but this time we add in Hideo Itami. Um, the story of the match was really um, Mustafa. He's 33. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's so wrestling when he was 18. Wow. So wrestling when he was 18. I've, I honestly had him like 10 years younger. So that makes sense now why he's like so out of touch with kids, though. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, it also makes a little bit more sense why he uses really dated video game references. Super dated. he's pretty much the same age as me. Well, let me ask you a quick question because this is going to be super uncomfortable. Did he, Was his hair the black and the, and the blonde? Or was that old? 
I think that's his old hair. I was gonna say that must be a shout out to that rapper that got killed. Mm. Triple X Temptation. Yeah, that was weird. That's never good to see. Yeah, I mean, good guy, bad guy. You just never like seeing people get murdered and sit in the car. No, no, I don't like that. anybody getting murdered. Exactly. I mean, you can be a bad dude, but you know, this is a bold statement. I'm come out against murder. Are you really? Yeah. I'm. I. You know what, guys? I'm with Charles on this one. You know, it's just I'm against murder. It's just, so. Um, story of the story of the match was uh, Murphy and um, Ali uh, going against each other, focusing on each other, trying to take each other out because they both perceive each other as the greatest threat. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the match, it's a Tommy who gets a hold of a seemingly in the in the driver's seat, Mustafa Ali, um, but takes him out uh, with some vicious kicks and hits his senton finisher gets the pin on Mustafa Ali. So surprise, surprise, Hideo Itami, who demanded respect, beat the two guys who were challenging for the number one contendership. Itami maybe now has an argument for himself as number one contender for Cedric Alexander's championship. Yeah. Um, I want to know, this is his last thing I got before I can finally let this, before I let it go and I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. Right, here's a question. I don't want anyone ever to think the talent is the issue because some people, some people that are like strictly WWE thinks that the hierarchy within the WWE exists that way because the talent is being used the most they can and just that's their ceiling. So I just want everyone to remind this. I want, if you're strictly WWE, I want you to tell me when's the last time Chris Jericho was in a five-star match, WWE. I don't think you know. I don't think you remember last time he was in a really good match. His two New Japan matches, respectively, are five stars and 4.5 stars. Yeah. Given the platform, these guys are monsters. They are beasts, and they are capable of being the people that we want to see put on television, WWE television, every single week. And look, two, not them deciding. Two hundred five no. live and NXT takeover events prove it exactly. Because right. you can't tell me, like I'm. Look, as much as we may, you know, like not be the biggest fans of what of how they're utilizing Roman Reigns as a performer and in matches. It's not to say that we don't respect the man or his capabilities. Exactly. He's and, quick. and if you gave Roman Reigns the opportunity to work a match with Aleister Black and you gave him 30 minutes, I think it'd be phenomenal. I think it'd blow people out of the water. I mean, I think they would I think they would break Meltzer's scale. Yeah. And I think I don't believe that like I don't watch the guys have great long matches on 205 Live. And think only these guys could do this. I say I wish they would let everybody do this yeah. because all these guys they made it to the WWE level because they are that good and they can have those matches. Exactly. Like here's the the, the, the best not the best example. This is one that I think will resonate with everybody. I think it was uh, Socrates. I'm not sure. He was talking to somebody about making a statue, right? And he said I'm going to make two. No, it was a painting. He said make two. No, it was a statue. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. He said I'm going to put two different statues in there, right? One. I'm going to make every adjustment that everybody that comes in the views that says I should do better. If you want this adjustment, I'll do it. Let everyone do it. Other one, I'll just make myself. And I want at the end for you to compare which one's better. And the one he made himself is just far better. Because the people that are in it and the people that do it usually can create a better product than outside people talking in your ear. Yeah. Talking to you, Vince, and everyone else. These people, and all of the writers, yeah, like like this the hundred writers yes. that they have. So when you get when you start recruiting indie talent, right? These guys did not have 
staffs of writers to help them. They had none of that. They no. did it themselves. And, and the they guys, got that good doing it themselves. And they're getting that taken away when they get the WWE. And even the promotions that were like the strongest, uh, you know, like the strongest independent quote unquote promotions of the old, the old, um, the, the days of the, um, like NWA and stuff. Yeah. Like, well, like before, before, you know, the territorial, before the territories were all killed. Yes. Time out. When, Shout out to the young guy helping the old hey, dude. Hey, yeah, hey, I'm out hey, here. You right. know, I got a little So too. back in the territory days though, you had the territories booked the same way that so many of the independent feds get booked now, which is you have a guy. Now he might actually wrestle on the show, but he's probably hopefully not in the main event wrestling for the title. He's an older guy. He's been around the block a few hundred times. So he knows the business inside and out. Now he might be in your opening match or your second or third match on the show. He might even be in one of your last two or three matches before your main event on the show. But he's in the match because he needs a good worker on the show and he knows he's a good worker. So he's getting in there to help lose a match to help build somebody else up. Exactly. But that's your booker is, a, is an old wrestler who's been around the block a couple hundred times. He knows how to tell stories between these guys in the ring. Mm -hmm. He's not your champion. If he is, you have a Kevin Nash or Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes situation on your hand. And that's a disaster. We've all seen it. But the really good ones, like you're... Your guy telling the stories and booking the matches and telling how things are going to go and helping lay things out. That guy's an experienced wrestler, not a Hollywood writer. That's how you tell the best stories. That's how they did it in the territory days. That's how even NWA did it. And watch what happens when you have, when you have like Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Kevin Nash do it. You get a guy who books himself as champion. It, it ends up being a cluster. You watch what happens when you have a team of 80 or 100 Hollywood writers trying to do it. It ends unfocused. up being WWE. Yeah. So NXT, we only got a couple of minutes left in the show this week. But NXT, there's a couple of things worth mentioning. We did have one really awesome match. Bianca Belair, who, congratulations, Bianca. Congratulations. Montez Ford, on your wedding today, as we record this podcast. Uh, Bianca Belair and Montez Ford of the Street Profits now. Yep. He, 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 heard, he heard, put a ring on it from Beyonce. Took the memo. Yeah. Said, we're logging this down. I would be terrified not to do what Bianca Belair told me to do. Oh, of course. So if she's if she said like we're getting married, I'd be like, well, all Man. right, well, what day? Jump. Yeah. Oh, hi. Yeah. So, uh, but congratulations, Bianca Belair and Montez Ford. And Bianca Belair did have a pretty awesome match with Dakota Kai, mm -hmm. and she destroyed Dakota Kai. <laughs> like Dakota Kai came out talking about how like now that she had her match with Shayna. She got like all the worst cobwebs and butterflies out of the way. Like she feels like now she can get back on the road to try and again. And this time it'll be different. Mm -hmm. This time she ran into Bianca Belair. It's not different. And Bianca Belair is a super athlete. She's the strongest. She's the fastest. She's just the EST <laughs> of NXT. She was awesome. She was great. Um, and you also had a match uh, featuring the mighty versus the War Raiders. Let me tell you how that went. It was a bad day for the mic. I believe um, The War Raiders were not... Um, so, just so I can understand hierarchy. Yeah. War Raiders, I mean, the Mighty, destroyed your boys' heavy machine. Well, they, they didn't destroy them, but they won... Decisive. Underhandedly. Okay. And then that same Mighty team just took a big L from War Raiders. Yes. 
So you still heavy machinery. Well, the War Raiders also utterly destroyed heavy machinery, and they like legit destroyed heavy machinery. Fair so right. At least WWE is telling the story right now that the War Raiders defeat everyone. Another good at one, two, three systems. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot else. I mean, there was other stuff that happened in the world of professional wrestling this week, but I don't know how prepared we are really to get too much into it. There was a big event from New Japan, um, a Minoru Suzuki 30th anniversary wrestling show. Um, Okada came back. Okada, who by all reports has been looking very despondent without his world championship. He is looking but but the, uh, the cool visuals that came out of that were that, that uh, it was an outdoor show. And at a certain point, it started raining. Yeah, the drop kick in the rain. And you had the rainmaker make it rain. So, like, what a way to come back. Yeah. So that was a, there were some pretty cool visuals of Okada coming out with the big Okada robe, the money falling down, and the rain coming down. Mm-hmm. And then the drop kick in the rain with the water flying off of him was pretty cool too. Minoru Suzuki just looks like such a badass. Like I love the thing, seeing the thing on the Squared Circle subreddit today where they showed him actually going around and forcing fans to pick up their trash. And he's like carrying around a trash bag and like, pick that up. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, that guy would make me pick up my trash. Now I, I feel would, like Japanese culture like strong authority. To it, oh, yeah. But I mean, I feel like that guy, that guy could make anybody do anything. Um, CMLL, I did actually watch the CMLL show. I don't, I don't always get to watch um, Lucha. But I felt like I had to tune in for this one because it was – a big show that was talked about quite a bit. You had guy like uh, you had guys like Negro Casas, uh, Bolador Jr., King Phoenix, um, and um, uh, was it Blue? Uh, uh, well, you had Caristico, who was the original um, Sin, not the original Sin Cara. That was Mystico, but Caristico was the second Sin Cara for WWE. He's very, very much better um, at. So between us, what they do with Sin Cara is what I wish they would do with Undertaker. How the character Sin Cara is always the same, but the guy who's actually him is different. Like, like I wish the Undertaker, Mark Calloway's nothing to do with Undertaker. Undertaker's always the Undertaker. As Mark Calloway gets old, someone else just puts on the role. Okay, so that's so Baron Corbin would be the Undertaker, and he's just the Undertaker. Yeah, but not even a dude, not even a name we used to know necessarily. Just, just a guy. There's always an undertaker. Okay. He's an undead priest that doesn't age. Right. Is that what they do with Sin Cara? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what they did. But wow. they, So they had Mystico. Mystico got injured. Mystico was always getting injured, it seemed like. Plus, he had a real attitude in WWE because he was a huge star in Mexico. Yeah. And he thought he was going to be as big of a star in WWE. And he could like tell people this and that. He didn't want to do jobs and all this. Different he got stuff. Alberto Del Rio. He had that syndrome. Okay. So uh, they brought in Caristico to be the second Sin Cara, but Caristico also didn't work out. And this whole so then Sin- they brought in the third Sin Cara. Well, this whole Sin Cara thing, big failed experiment. But uh, Caristico back working the show. The big headline was La Parca, L.A. Park, who mm-hmm. has been around forever. I mean, and he looks like it. Sadly, but this is the guy who was, if you remember the WCW days and the luchadors in WCW days, when you had psychosis, when you had Rey Mysterio, when you had Hooventude, when you had uh, Conan, you had La Parca and L.A. Park versus Roosh uh, in a two out of three falls match. I had to tune in just to see it. It was a thing that happened. Not bad. Well, L.A. Park is now visibly older than an Terry old Funk? man. Uh, no, he's not older than Terry Funk, but 
Terry Funk might actually be in better shape right now. So he's aged like Terry Funk. The parts of the match where L.A. Park's stomach hung out from underneath his costume was rough. And the parts where, like, the L.A. Park famous skull mask got torn and his face was mostly visible inside the mask was rough. For for what it was, it was fine. What's the Batman quote? Die the hero or live yourself. Live long enough to see yourself turn to the villain. Yeah. In this case, it was like, die beloved or live long enough to see yourself no longer be cared about. But that hurt. Yeah. But... Uh, but it was still fun to see LaPark. Okay, it was still right. fun to see LaPark out there. And I wish he'd used a chair a little bit more. He used to be known as the chairman of WCW because he was so good with a steel chair. I wish, wish we'd seen a little more steel chair action in this match. Cause it ended up with a, like it ended up with a draw because of disqualifications anyway. So like, it wouldn't have hurt to see a steel chair. I think if he's aging, like you think he doesn't need a steel chair shot. No, I no. He used to give steel chairs. Oh, okay. Gotcha, I, gotcha, I'd gotcha. like to see him swing the chair one more time. One, one more swing. But L.A. Park is not done quite yet. He did challenge Roosh after the draw. We're gonna have a mask versus hair match. So it'll be interesting to see is Laparka L.A. Park finally going to be unmasked at the end of his career, or is Roosh losing his hair? We shall see. We'll have to tune back in for more CMLL Arena Mexico action and see what happens with that. Respect. Um, but uh, that's the week in pro wrestling. And uh, boy, it felt good to get a lot of that off my chest. I do feel I do feel better. Yeah? Yeah. If you agree with us, we're going to find us. Uh, we can, you even can, if you disagree with us. I like, yeah. I mean, like it's, it's always the same thing. Like when we talk about like what our highs and lows were of a wrestling show – what do you guys think of the show? Let us know your thoughts. Like, don't think we're going to be afraid to read differing opinions on the show. As we matter argue fact, all the time. If you have a differing opinion than us, it's more likely that we're going to try to get you on the show as a guest and talk about this. Stuff. Unless it's about the waistband being illegal. Or, or if it's about Dolph Ziggler not being the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. I'll bury you. But uh, you can find us at CTTM Podcast on Twitter or Facebook.com slash CTTM Podcast. You can email into the show, close to the mark podcast at gmail.com. And as always, you can find us wherever podcasts are sold at zero dollars, zero dimes if you're Big Cass and Enzo. If we had a dime for every job in the WWE Big Cass and Enzo have, we'd have as many dimes as we get for making this show. Zero dimes. Zero dimes. But um, you can find us at uh, uh, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, iTunes, Stitcher. And you name it, we're on it. Essentially, just use whatever app you normally use. Go to the search bar, search for "close to the mark." Podcast. Oh yeah, the great best part about uh, best part about the Google Podcast platform thing is now when you search for "close to the mark" podcast on Google, we are the first result. We're the first thing you find. So. Number one, yeah, the wolf doesn't concern himself with the opinion that is sheep. Yeah, put your boys at number one. Just like we'll be number one when DX stops running like cowards and see your boys in the squared circle, we're coming for you. And Vince, I'm just going to tell you right be now. Better. Be better. Between the two of us, we're 12 feet tall, and you can't teach that. How, how you doing? doing? Realest guys in the room, how you doing? Have a week. <laughs>